0: You're listening to the Pod Social. I'm Mark Mack, and this is episode three. Episode three was recorded at the end of March 2020, shortly before the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced his diagnosis with COVID 19. This intro, and of course the outro, was recorded about a week later. About a week into the UK lockdown, and at a point where it seems like the reality of our situation is starting to sink in and people are beginning to take notice of the warnings to stay indoors. Although I did see on the news that a pretty massive karaoke party had to be dispersed by the police somewhere in Derby, or wherever. Anyway, the roads are quieter, the air seems cleaner, people are out walking, running, cycling, although they are now far more likely to jump into the middle of the road if you pass them in the street, which in itself I suppose is a lot safer now that there's less traffic. In other news, President Trump has just tweeted that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have to pay for their own security for their new life in the U.S. I mean, I'm not sure that was ever really in doubt, but I suppose it must be good to have it in capital letters on Twitter ahead of the re-election campaign. But this isn't a current event show, so I should get on with it really. My guest for episode three was Emma O'Hara, and whilst I know Emma in a professional sense... The reason I wanted to speak to her was because of her experience as a student athlete who went on to take up a sports scholarship in the U.S. at the University of Maryland, or Maryland if you want the correct pronunciation, before eventually finding herself working back in student sports again in the United Kingdom. You might be interested to know that since the country went on lockdown, Emma has filled her time by running, growing an avocado tree, and maybe a decade too late starting on the Marvel comic book movies. Our chat consisted of an education in Bebo, whether social media is trustworthy, and as weirdly an underlying theme, Matilda. Anyway, episode three. Here we go. There it is. Jesus, that was really loud in my ears.
1: Okay, at least the microphone works. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> I I do have a mic that looks like it's a proper mic, but it cost me 17 pounds.
1: If you just take pictures of that, then people will think you're legit.
0: I did take a picture of that for my Instagram and it looks like a really good picture. <laughs> but it's I kinda I took it at a weird angle and it's kind of out of focus, half of it's out of focus, and then yeah, I posted that and it makes me look like a like a proper podcaster proper like i'm in a professional studio almost yeah and now you're just using your phone as the mic <laughs> now i'm using my phone as the mic. i'm using the hands free set from my phone
1: oh even better and
0: it's plugged into my phone my phone is on the wi-fi <laughs> and yeah i did try doing it on because obviously i've got my work computer here with me i did try doing it on that but for some reason it just doesn't work
1: oh well, uh, surely that computer uh, would
0: work great yeah you'd think it would but um nope no nope. it doesn't Anyway, (laughs) anyway Let's get on with it
1: Okay, I'm nervous
0: You're my third guest
1: That's ridiculous, three people
0: Three people? Or two people and me Two people are new. Um, there are more people. Okay, but their availability isn't always well no actually I'm sure their availability is probably quite good now because everyone's working from home.
1: Because everyone has no schedule. everyone has availability.:
0: 100 percent. So what's it like working from home for you?
1: Uh, it's good. I today and yesterday have been challenging. <laughs>
0: Are nothing, you a lot
1: done? No, nothing feels real anymore.
0: <laughs> I don't. Do you know what? Before I I started talking to you, I had to check what day it was. Oh dear. I've kind of lost track. I'm trying to keep track I of my it weekends. Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Oh, is it not? No, isn't it Tuesday?
1: Oh, that makes sense. I I thought I was getting a package today, but that was Wednesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I was sure it was Wednesday because I was like, oh, should I? Because I decided that I wanted to release this podcast every Thursday. Okay. And. And I thought I only had like a few hours to to get like the editing done, and then yeah. it turns out it's not even Wednesday. So uh, I have more time than I thought I did.
1: Yeah, I yeah, mm. it's all weird.
0: Nothing feels real. No, it doesn't feel really like there's any reason that I shouldn't leave the house. I
1: did go for a walk. I've done my
0: daily exercise. I'm gonna do that later.
1: I think it would encourage people to go out more than they would have done if we weren't told you could go yeah. out.
0: Yeah, I think there's a whole there's a whole generation of people that, apart from going to work, they would literally just be at home watching Netflix or playing on their PlayStation or just doing nothing. Exactly. And now people are going to be like, nope, I get one exercise to do it every day,
1: and I get to choose. Going to have like, yeah, I can. You're ball- going to get
0: like a load of bikers. Yeah. Exactly. I want to see. People running that probably shouldn't be running. Like me. So there'll be people <laughs> Well, not quite like you. At least you've got a background in sport. Yeah. But They're people not... that people that are putting themselves at more risk by going and running or doing physical exercise than they would by going in like lifting a door handle.
1: They shouldn't be the NHS shouldn't be worried about coronavirus, they should be worried about like broken ankles and <laughs> lungs collapsing on jobs. Exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> I, I can only imagine the number of people that are gonna to go to A and E with sprained ankles.
1: Yeah, I do. I had to, um, our fuse keeps breaking in our house and I have to climb over stuff in the garage, which is like speakers piled higher than me because my brother makes speakers. And I was on the phone to my mum at the time and I was like, if I fall and break my neck, I can't go to the hospital. So I shouldn't, why am I putting myself at risk? But I needed to turn the fuse back on. Yeah, so. good
0: reason, I suppose. Yeah, good exactly. So I had, it,
1: like. Exactly. But the NHS probably won't be happy with that. I turn up with a broken neck because I was climbing over stuff in our messy garage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they'd be furious with you, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we could, we could go on about this for a long time, but we probably wouldn't really get anywhere. No. <laughs> so I am going to start asking you some questions. Okay. Let's start with, what was your, your first experience with social media? What did you get into first and how old were you? Where were you? What kind of okay. access did you have to it? Right,
1: so we used to have a desktop computer in my parents' room that I think, I I used to play like Castle Explorers on a computer when I was really young. But then I think when I was in year six, MSN became really cool. And I'd say MSN is social media, right? Yeah, I think so. Like early social media, like you don't have a page, but it is like instant messaging. Um, And that was it. MSN, Emma, aged 11 obsessed i would like do like nudges i'd log in and log out to get people's attention i'd like put songs on it so you could like show that you're really cool because you're listening to cool <laughs> music um and then have like really good like selfies and i was obsessed and i don't know how i had so many contacts but i had like thousands of contacts wow and i don't have thousands of friends but i had Thousand contacts, <laughs> so I don't know who they were, but I was talking to all kind of random people on MSN at the age of about eleven and twelve.
0: For an eleven or twelve year old, that sounds kind of dangerous. Yeah. I,
1: don't, honest. I honestly don't know how I had all these friends on there, but I did. So that was MSN, and then Bebo. That was a big part of.
0: Yes, must be like year
1: six through to like year eight.
0: So I, I never used Bebo. What was What was that all about? What did you do?
1: I think it was like MySpace. The I think it was the bridge between MySpace and Facebook. I think.
0: Right.
1: Uh, So I think if you had no. So I think if you had MySpace, you probably went straight from MySpace to Facebook. But I think if you didn't have MySpace, you got Bebo, and then you got Facebook. I think okay i don't know if that's my that's my view of it the beaver was great i loved it it was like you could have your own um they called it a skin which was like your background and like you've right. really judged people on their background like if someone had a rubbish background you that would you were judged hard
0: Oh right that was the, that was kind of the same thing with myspace but with myspace you had to do it in html you couldn't just like oh. pick one
1: okay no bebo you just would i would like search for hours this is gonna sound so lame i'd like search for hours clicking through loads of random people's bebo pages until i found a skin that i thought was like captured me
0: <laughs> what and what skin can you I describe the skin that captured you
1: no because i kept changing them oh so lame oh okay Yeah, because you could like change them (laughs) over time, and then. But I was like, I knew that some of my friends didn't
0: care that much, but I really cared a lot. I I think people care more than they ever care to admit, really. And then on Bebo as well, you had to order your friends. What like a pizza?
1: (laughs) No, so you had a list of your friends, and you had to put them in your order of like how you wanted them to appear.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which was probably problematic at the age of (laughs) twelve.
0: Yeah, MySpace had like a, a top. You had, like, a top eight, I think. Yeah, something like that. And you had to have, like, your top eight friends, unless you knew, like, a, a magic bit of HTML code, in which case you could, like, increase it to 16. Aye. But deciding who your who your top friends were was, for a lot of people, was, was like, really problematic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it definitely broke down friendships if you took someone out of your top friends and they noticed and you were like, oh, well, I guess I have to... The other person would, like, then remove you and it would get into...
0: Quite horrible. Oh, Bebo was actually really horrible. (laughs) Jesus. Horrible in in terms of the effect they had on you from your relationships with your friends? Or what, what, what was really horrible about it?
1: It was like the social standing in friendship groups. Like, I think if you had, like, quite a secure friendship group, you would obviously have everyone in your top however many people. But if you didn't really have many friends, then you would kind of... I think it was always bad to have someone in your top friends but if you weren't in their top friends that looked bad
0: oh yeah yeah I see
1: it's kind of like tore apart groups maybe I don't know I don't remember being like massive falls out because of Bebo
0: but potentially there could have been yeah <laughs> um so obviously social media's moved on an awful lot since yes. then <laughs> yeah just a bit is there anything that you you really do like about social media in its current form and is there anything that you really don't like about social media in its current form and and what are those things?
1: Um, I mean I like the connectivity of it obviously I think now in this current climate social media is hugely important and powerful to keep people connected and although we're all in isolation you don't really feel it because you're still seeing everyone on social media doing stuff and I think that's super important I think if we had to go into this kind of uh well what we call net social distancing without it I think it truly would feel like social distancing whereas now it just feels like physical distancing Um, so I think it's really important from that respect and I think in terms like people's businesses and stuff like that like social media is huge like you can purely run a business through social media or like a personal brand or just like all kinds of stuff which was unheard of I feel like before social media Obviously, you had like purely online businesses, but just on, like you could even have on just one platform, you could just run a whole business from Instagram and that's ridiculous. So I think that's hugely beneficial and hugely progressive. But then I feel yeah. like the trolling aspect and just like the, what do people always say, like you just show your best side of life and it's like the reality of it isn't so great because you don't see the people, like the darker
0: sides of people's lives because people don't want to broadcast that. So I think that's tricky no unless people do want to broadcast just the darker side of themselves if you know what i mean yeah so i mean just from i know when i scroll through facebook or instagram there are people most people only show like the positive sides of Mm. their personalities but there are some people that literally will only share like the bad things
1: oh that's so true yeah i feel like it's hard to do both
0: because
1: you most of the time people post online to get a reaction And if you get a reaction just because you're posting bad stuff, I feel like it would then be hard to then switch to positive,
0: maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've had a really bad
1: day. You'll get, like, sympathy. Be like, I've had a really great day. No one cares. (laughs) 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 Silence. Zero likes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So all all those things considered, then, do you think that the good things about social media outweigh the bad things?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think we're, I don't know, we're more connected but more ice I think this like social isolation is a great example because how much of people actually had to change their social life but that sounds really bad I mean like you can't now go to the pub and you can't see people in person but how many people do you actually see other than like your core group of people like I feel like I mean I'm checking in now more with people that I haven't spoken to in years just because I don't know they're more there in my face because they're on my Feed more because I feel like people are posting more, so I feel like it's connect. I don't know. It's more connect. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's it's connecting more than would have been there without it. Obviously, sure. Obvious. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that was a complete. <laughs> I started a point and forgot where I was going. <laughs> it's the <headphones, laughs> That's what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you trust social media?
1: Um, I trust my friends. I I feel like I'm. I don't the people I connect with on social media are either like friends or friends of friends like although obviously I know celebrities have it and I see celebrities posts I don't really follow many celebrities so in terms of like the trust of what I see I it's like authentic cuz I see it as my friends but then in terms of like the spread of like fake news yeah no I I know what I should trust and what I shouldn't trust I think but I think it's very easy Get into the like a rabbit hole of just clicking on stuff and being like, oh my gosh, and going crazy because it is mm. there is so much fake news and you can just click from from like news story to news story to news story and kind of build up an argument in your head that is just purely not real. So I, def- I can see how it's easy to, but I I don't tend to believe it. I kind of I got a good judge. I think I know which like the worthy sources and stuff. But I kind of got like two points that I went down <laughs> trusting of friends yeah. and then trusting of fake news
0: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try and what I'll try and do is intertwine them so okay. that it makes total sense so it makes and more sense friends, yeah so if, and then if any of your friends listen to it it'll, it'll sound like you don't trust them
1: oh that's perfect yeah i will love that yeah <laughs> all my thousands of friends from
0: MSN yeah <laughs> close-knit bunch that you are (laughs) so obviously there was a reason that I I wanted to speak to you specifically about it Mm. and that was because of your sporting background could you tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah so I threw the hammer which for any of your loads of listeners don't know what that is it's (laughs) what Miss Trunchbull does with (laughs) um (laughs) Miss Trunchbull throws that girl with her Like two braids. That's the hammer throw, pretty much. That's all you really need to know. Did you say butt? Hammer throw. What? Definitely. I'll give you butt.
0: Good luck. Make
1: the sense Can we close one? Um, that's what I did for many a years. <laughs> I think I started when I'm
0: gonna, I was. I'm going to try, uh, try and find a, a YouTube clip of miss trunchbull throwing. <laughs> just, get <laughs> just get <laughs>
1: just,
0: the voice. Just get the voice. They'll stick I mean in,
1: in more like actual real sporting terms, we did win a bronze, like we as in the UK did win a bronze medal um, at the what year are we in 2016 Olympics with Sophie Hitchin so actually British hammer throwing is is right up there with the best um so it is bigger than just Matilda and Miss Trunchbull yeah so (laughs) so I threw the hammer and then um as I was finishing my A-levels I was getting approached by American coaches and then I ended up going to America to do my uh undergraduate degree on a
0: sports scholarship in the second episode of this I spoke to uh a guy called Jay, who's the basketball player, um, okay. went to play college ball. Um, oh, yeah. he's American rather than the revolution, yeah. one over, but he said that a lot of what he did was when he was looking at colleges and, and places to go and play, he was using social media to kind of scope those places out. Did you do the same, or did you, oh, yeah, yeah, basically just like wait for the office to come in and then just decide on a whim?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, initially, I was just getting a lot of like Facebook. DM, what are they call just messages, Facebook messages um, from coach, yeah, from like interesting college coaches, which at
0: first I was a bit like, this is really weird. This surely can't be. So you got Facebook messages rather than like a letter in the post then? or an email. Yeah. So it was like very informal,
1: just coaches being like, hi Emma, we found your rankings. If you're interested, let us know. And I was getting that quite frequently, like not loads, but like a good amount to be like, okay, this isn't just one coach doing this this is probably the format that they use and then when I was speaking to some other athletic friends they athletic friends (laughs) my other athletic (laughs) friends (laughs) other friends who are athletes um they were like kind of saying that was the same thing and then I realized that it was legit because I wasn't really taking them seriously at first um but then I did and then a few of them I like followed back with I skyped with a couple of them um but in terms of like actual wider social media I feel like this was in twenty. When was I 2013. Yeah, the end of like 2013. And in terms of like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook being used in the ways that it is now, I don't think that really existed. Like I couldn't search an Instagram for the university's throws group, which you could do now to get a good look into it uh, yeah. because it just didn't exist. So other than just using social media to communicate, I didn't really use it to research just because that wasn't what the platforms were used for so i went to my first university which was saint francis in pennsylvania which was tiny um and the coach recruited me there through facebook and yeah but then when i ended up so i left there at the end of um whenever it was 2016 so i was looking to transfer for about six months in january 2016 hello dog Um, that's
0: a dog that's in my garden, <laughs> is it your dog? It's my dog. Yeah, oh. <laughs> if there was a dog in my garden that wasn't my dog, there's probably something about special to look <laughs> into. <laughs> oh, amazing! Um,
1: so when I was looking to transfer, that's when I definitely did use social media more. But that's because the platforms were there to use, basically. So I would like DM coaches on Instagram, look at. The other athletes on the team, like their social media, to see whether I think I'd fit in there. So that definitely was a huge part of my second look into going to America. Yeah. So when the when the platform was there to be used, I definitely used it. And then when I went to Maryland to do my final two years, we we posted a lot on social media during that journey to basically put out to recruits so they could look into coming there. And we'd post like funny videos and training videos just to give people an insight into. A sports team which you don't really get on like a recruitment visit or from talking to a coach so I think it's super useful now but I think at my commencement of my trip to America it didn't exist in the way it does now
0: how does sport in the university or sport in universities in the UK and the US differ obviously to me I, I know a bit about it anyway yeah but some people listening to this might not really know the difference between sport at that level between the UK and the US so how would you describe that difference
1: Um, I think I didn't even appreciate the difference until I started working within university sport in England. I think, so in America, it is, that is the university life. Like everyone will go watch a football game, they'll go see a basketball game and there's so much team spirit and just fun surrounding the sports. Whereas in the UK, if you're kind of on a sports team, but that's kind of your interest in sport, might be if you participate. There's not so much of like a university-wide investment or a citywide investment in a certain university sport or team which was huge and then it's just the level of expectation the pressure and just the commitment not not lack of commitment in the UK but just mandatory sessions mandatory meetings whereas in the UK it's all much more volunteer based and much more just buy-in from people because they want to be there whereas I was bound by like my scholarship and bound by I had to like sign documents like the university basically owned my body. So in terms of the pressure of sport in the US versus the UK is ginormous. I feel like there's very little pressure on UK. Well, <laughs> the Brooks teams, I wouldn't put much pressure on them. I mean, it's great if they win stuff, but it's not like my job depends on their, them winning stuff. Whereas in the UK, yeah. in the US, like a coaches or admin staff depends on wins and you have to win such more of a winning environment.
0: Right. Do you, um, so essentially you, you'd be treated like a professional sports person, right?
1: Yeah, as much as a professional sports person that a thrower on a track and field team could be. <laughs> Which, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. We were training four, days a week, uh, four hours a day, like five days a week the support staff around me so I had my direct event coach then we'd have strength conditioning coaches there'd be nutrition psychologists academic support staff there was just a huge infrastructure to help these athletes not only achieve on the playing field but also achieve in the classroom so they made sure they graduate on time and stuff which is a huge part of the collegiate system in the UK whereas in in the US whereas in the UK I feel like we don't do much to intervene with the academic side of our student athletes.
0: And in terms of being treated almost like a professional sports person and going back to social media again, did you have any guidance on how to use social media or how to kind of project your your image in public?
1: Mm, so we had to obviously uh we're representing the university the whole time on and off the field. There were like strict rules on what you couldn't post. Like you weren't allowed to post obviously anything to do with like uh, drinking alcohol. Or you couldn't like hold a cup or like a bottle that showed alcohol. Mainly that was because obviously the drinking age in the US is 21. So I shouldn't have been drinking most of my time there anyway, even if I <laughs> was or wasn't. <laughs> um, so definitely on stuff like that, like in the language choice you use. I know that there was, there's was there been some incidents of uh, athletes losing scholarship based on the language they've used on Twitter and Instagram. So there's definitely more guidance. But the, the people, the athletes in the collegiate system in America are basically celebrities like they have tens of thousands of followers on platforms so they need to be they can't just be on their kind of right what they want they kind of need to be a bit smarter and a bit more aware of the the wider the wider community that people are seeing it's not just like their friends seeing it like this is like fans of the sport
0: yeah given that certainly with the big sports anyway like basketball baseball american football Mm-hmm. the kind of progression that you get from playing at college to then playing in a professional game mm. is it really really important then that you promote that positive image or could you still get through if you've got a bad image but you've got that ability
1: I, I i mean it's yeah i don't think i think professional teams are now more aware of what they're looking for they're not just looking for the on pitch success of a player like obviously that is the be-all and end-all, but they can't ever, if they have two players matched up against each other who athletically are the same, but one person has this like crazy good online presence, online personality, I'd say they would definitely favor that over this person who says questionable things, doesn't post stuff that necessarily promotes the sport. And I feel like that definitely does weigh into these professional contracts. I know definitely um, the, the recruitment of high school into college athletes that coaches definitely like have a little stalk on their recruits' um, social media pages. Because the main thing I think coaches look for is to find out whether these athletes individually will be able to mesh with the rest of their team. So if they're posting stuff that is a bit controversial and isn't going to get on with the rest of the players, then why would they bring that kind of negativity into this team setup? So I think it's hugely important what you put out online.
0: John, I suppose if you're going to move into the professional game as well, it's a lot easier if you can sell shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was it that you studied when you were at university in the states?
1: Uh, I did communication, which is hard to believe because I'm pretty bad at communicating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I cannot really do. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, I did. Right so <laughs> yeah, I did communication, which was um, kind of. Uh... Oh, well, how I don't even know. I even describe, I did wait. American University is a bit random so you take all kind of weird classes I did like a Japanese anime class my freshman year
0: Um, why didn't I know that already
1: I could not tell you anything about it (laughs) that was so long ago um but you have to take so many weird classes and then so I did like kind of a general communications course so I did stuff in uh I can't even remember the words. Wow, I have a degree in this and I can't even talk about what I even studied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I did stuff in public relations. I did stuff on like the theories of communication, kind of similar to how you would study psychology. I did quite a few business modules as well, like accountancy and marketing. But I knew that's because I wanted to go into that and I kind of made my course fit my interests a bit more than just doing the boring
0: classes. Okay. So, so given what you were studying and given your experience as a student athlete, yes would you have advice to that you could give to somebody that was maybe looking to develop themselves as a sports person or I guess in any walk of life if they wanted to have their own brand and if they wanted to to build their own profile not just in work or on the field the main things is just like authenticity
1: and consistency and they rhyme which is good I think it's really easy (laughs) online to see stuff that you can tell someone's just thinks it's the right thing to say or they're posting it because they've seen that someone else has posted it and it's been successful. I think it's really important just to be authentic. What's the word? Auth- authentic. I authentic. want <laughs> to say authentistically to yourself.
0: No.
1: <laughs> as long as you're authentic to yourself and you're not kind of putting out anything untrue. I think that's so important. And then, just the consistency of posting I think for anything with like the algorithms and stuff online on these platforms it's hugely important just to be consistent with your posting you need to be posting a lot and enough but not too much obviously because that can also be annoying but I think that's huge I feel like (laughs) if I then it's it's, I feel like it's a lot of just being a bit risky and putting yourself out there a bit because a lot of the successful people post a lot and it is annoying to maybe their closer communities within their friends but actually to get recognized in the first place you need to be posting a lot and being annoying (laughs) 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 that's why I could never do it
0: (laughs) I think on the subject of social media that's probably it um what have you got planned for the rest of the week um I wish it was like Thursday
1: or Friday. I'm just working. When I say working, I'm doing like asterisks
0: working. Figuring out stuff. I feel
1: cool. like I should work on a project right now.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure there will be projects once we figure out what everybody else is doing.
1: <laughs> no, I mean like a wider life project. I should start my
0: own podcast. Oh, right.
1: But actually the more I've spoken on this, the less I feel like I'm made for podcasts.
0: I'm so bored just to my own voice. <laughs> I mean the, the problem is we can no longer really do the the daily commute podcast I think that one's out the window at the moment
1: I think I'd have better I feel like I should be able to talk about myself as an athlete and my degree
0: and not be bored so (laughs) (laughs) If, if you literally just been talking for what the last half an hour and boring yourself
1: I'm just saying stuff and I'm like Emma come on surely you can tell us in a more exciting way my voice is even like, I'm losing my voice because I was talking in like a monotone robot voice. I should just, I don't know, I feel like my peak is like five minutes.
0: <laughs> well, you could think maybe you could be like, do five minute shows.
1: Mm. I always thought I'd try stand-up comedy, but I don't think I'm very funny.
0: <laughs> Emma's five minute masterclass.
1: <laughs> On what? On uh, what have I done today, which I could talk about. I have, I've got really good at making iced coffee.
0: Oh, nice yeah and we're currently
1: (laughs) so um oh you've got the little thing i have the um what's the coffee cup machine thing
0: uh dolce gusto
1: yes that thing do you have it on the front you can put the dial
0: up uh no but i i just you have to do it by like sight
1: okay (laughs) well basically you do half hot water half cold water tip it into a cup of ice whack in a bit of milk And then I get, I've got these like flavour drops and banana iced coffee is, it's a dream.
0: (laughs) You know, you you can get iced coffee pods. Really?
1: But no, but I can do it with just the normal (laughs) ones.
0: But you can get ones that are specifically like, if you buy one of the selections, there'll be like two iced coffee things in there.
1: Oh. Oh, well, I've wasted my time creating my ice
0: coffee recipe. (laughs) No, no, this could be like, you could do like Emma's five-minute hacks, and they could be... I haven't got many hacks, I feel like. Yeah, but this is a hack. You see, have you run out of your iced coffee pods and can't get to a shop (laughs) in the current lockdown?
1: Have you ever thought about putting
0: hot water
1: in ice? It will be cold. (laughs) Oh, revolutionary. We're trying to also turn our gut back garden into a vegetable
0: patch. Oh, no, so you can become self-sufficient.
1: Yes, that's what we're, the aim is. We're thinking about getting chickens. Um,
0: but a lot of people are thinking about getting chickens. At the oh, well, there's going to be no chickens left. Genuinely, <laughs> people are panicked buying chickens.
1: We tried like to panic buy a
0: greenhouse, but they're all gone.
1: And my brother was trying to get a PS4, but also all gone.
0: Oh, no. I tried to, I tried to buy some dog food, and the dog food aisle has been, uh, pets at home has been stripped. Or by dogs? <laughs> no, not by dogs. By, dogs aren't that, dogs <laughs> aren't that concerned. Who let the dogs in? The owners who can't walk. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> who let the dogs in? I think that's the, the problem. Uh,
1: is there loads <sighs> of like, pet jobs up for grabs at the moment? You can just go pet some animals all day. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> perfect well, time One dog. dog. is barking in the garden. Was that a sound <laughs> effect? Perfect <laughs> <driving>. <laughs> that, that was not a sound effect. That was... Just perfect timing. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, are... oh my gosh! here good. it again? Oh,
1: we have right. no pets. We used to have rabbits, but they one of them ran away
0: and one of them died. We've now got tadpoles as well.
1: Tadpoles. We did. Oh, so yeah. actually, on our garden adventure, we found three frogs and a newt or a lizard. Oh. I'm not sure what it is.
0: It's a newt. You don't get lizards here. Oh. Um, but that I. But I haven't seen a newt since I was like nine.
1: It just reminds me of Matilda because they have it in that jar.
0: There's a lot um, of things that remind me of Matilda at the moment. I might go watch Matilda, Matilda or something.
1: But yeah, my life is turning into Matilda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what yeah. a life to have. Anyway,
1: Iris and Matilda.
0: <laughs> I'm going to leave it there now. Okay, hopefully you can find something in, Matilda, something right?
1: in my rambles yeah, I that's worth am- listening to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for coming on. That's okay. Thanks for having and me. Will, you're very welcome, and I will. I'm sure see you soon, or hear me soon, because or hear you soon. <laughs> uh, well, I'll probably hear you like tomorrow because I'll be editing this,
1: and you'll be like, "What an um, annoying voice!"
0: Oh God, what'd you think you're <laughs> about why would she you to Why would she?
1: She doesn't even make any points.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for ten minutes without making one point.
1: She just said some words and she took a deep breath.
0: (laughs) So that was episode three. I'd like to give a huge thanks to Emma for joining me on the pod social. And of course, I hope you enjoyed listening. I'm going to go and get back to working from home and eating biscuits. I suggest that if you can do the same, then please do so unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case you might as well just focus on the biscuits. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at The Pod Social or Instagram at Pod Social Podcast. So please do give me a follow there. Until the next time, this has been The Pod Social. I've been Mark Mack. Thank you for listening.